that, I told that to Pastor Todd Smith. I said that, you know, we've had many people here that have come and stood behind this pulpit and have shared amazing things and has imparted amazing things to us and has, you know, we've just, and we've got, their relationships are not just people that come through. We don't just, we don't just ask people to come and stand behind a pulpit so that we can, we can generate a crowd. It's, we have people because we're in relationship with them and because they carry something that we want, that we, they carry something that, that we need. And when I heard, I never heard of Pastor Todd. How many in here ever heard of Pastor Todd outside of when he was here? This, was that your first time hearing of him? Pastor Todd Smith. Bob and I were fixing his trailer and we were outside and I was staining boards. And I was listening to a teaching he was at Randy Clark's Voice of the Apostles, and, you know, you just, I didn't know, I'm standing boards, and he's, he's, he's speaking, and he's sharing, and as he's sharing, I don't see anything because I'm standing boards, so I don't even know what he looks like. I have no idea, but there was something on the inside of me that was my, were vibrating, and I was like, what in the world, Lord, and he just kept going on and on and on and started talking about uh, prayer and just like he was doing and and um, so I, I I do what I, I I just went online and I found him and then I sent him an email just sent him an email I sent and I gave him Bob's information because I thought I don't want to talk to him I mean I want him to talk to him but sometimes you know us as women have to kind of like get the ball rolling you know so we do what we do so we meddle and we we get things going so anyways I emailed him and then he contacted he contacted Bob and and um, they talked for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half on the phone. And Pastor Todd said this. He said, I don't, I don't go places to go places. He said, I want relationship. It's relational because I'm not just coming. He's not, he said, I'm not looking for something to do. I only go where God tells me to go. And it has to be relationship. Is that right, honey? Relationship. And so... They hung up and they're like, "Well, they gotta. We're gonna pray about it because we don't just we don't just have relationships with just anybody, you know." And so, is that right? And then a couple days later, he called you back, or that same day, he called you back and he said, "I don't know what it is, but I feel like God wants to do something there." He says, "I feel like this is a divine connection." And so he and Bob got connected and they've been in conversation and talking. So he didn't just come here because. There's a relationship there. And anyways, so I got his book, Unless We Pray. Has anybody, did anybody get that book while he was here? If you don't have that book, you need to get that book, Unless We Pray by Todd Smith. It's one of the best books that I've ever read on prayer. And it wrecked me. And so then he's here, and then you guys saw a little clip of that, um, which Nate Strinky has given up for Nate. Nate the man. <laughs> That guy is not only talented, but anointed. It's like when every time I watch one of his videos and I put it on, it's just like my whole insides are just like, oh my gosh, you know. So we're very thankful and, and uh, blessed that he did that. But I told Pastor Todd, I said, you, what you did here has marked us. 
It has marked us because he put verbiage to the things that we've been feeling. It's like he came and he, he like, he marked us in a, to, a, to a degree of everything that we have been wanting and, and pressing in for. It was just like, he just like consolidated it. And it, it was exactly, almost exactly things that we've been saying and things that we have been doing, you know. So anyways, it was really, it was really good. And he wants to come back in the summer. He wants to come back this summer. And he wants to take his, bring his wife. I'm like, bring his wife, yeah. And he wants to come when it's warmer. It's like he came from Georgia, which it's, it was pretty cold in the south too, you know. But it wasn't, you know, negative 20. I'm like, dude, we've been having like 50 degree weather and you come and it's like negative 20 on the days that he came. But um, anyways, he, he, he complimented us on ex the excellence of our people, the excellence of the volunteers, excellence, el excellence of leaders. He said he could just feel it when he walked in here. So I want to thank everybody that said yes and helped. Uh, we had, like we had tanks here and we had a tank downstairs and we had, I think Monday we were here till, was it 1230? 12.30, something like that. And then Tuesday, it was like 1.30. That's the morning, a.m. A.m. Like, I'm talking way past my bedtime. Like, a whole day past my bedtime. But um, God did some things. He did some things. He did some things in me. I was one of the, I w waited. Want to hear how the, we have an enemy. On Tuesday... Todd did a, a podcast with Pastor Bob, and they did, he did kind of an interview with him. And then he was going to baptize the staff because the staff is busy during the day doing, you know, at, in those events doing things. And so he, he agreed to do that. And so I had a meeting that afternoon uh, at noon, and then he was going to do it around 2.30. And I thought, perfect, you know. So then I did that and came here, and I got so sick. I had... A terrible migraine and I felt like it was just the weirdest feeling it was like I knew that it was like demonic you know so I went home and I thought okay I'm just gonna rest and then I'll get to the church and whatever and I slept through I picked up my phone and Bobby's like uh, mom like where are you I'm like oh, missed the whole thing so anyways I was really mad I thought oh yeah devil you just wait. <laughs> so I did. I, was, I think I was the last one, actually, that got baptized and um, stepped into the, into the, to the tank. And it, as soon as I sat down, it was just like the power of God just came. And you could just feel him. And I just wept and wept. And he just did some things on the inside of me. And, um, you know, God does what he does. He does it how he does. What it says, it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Um, people can, you know, get kind of weird about being baptized. You only have to be baptized once, and you do only have to be baptized once to salvation. Um, but God does what he does, and I'm super thankful for all of that. So, amen. Amen. So, how many, how many here know that we actually have authors in this church? Do you guys know that besides 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 Sam D. Yarman, 
right? That Jeff Vesta is an author, and he wrote a novel, correct? A novel. And so he is doing a, and we have others that are actually writing books. How many in here are writing a book? Look at that. Look at that. Come on. Well, anyways, Jeff is doing a writer's group. He's going to do a writer's group here at the church. Um, the first meeting is Monday, January 29th at 6. Did I say that right? January 29th at 6.30 here at the church. Okay? Anybody and everybody, if you're a writer or interested in writing or whatever, come. And then they'll get you guys will get more details then. Okay? Bring something that you've written, okay? All right, so I have 15 minutes. So I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to um, recap what Todd talked about um, on Monday night. Is that okay? You guys good? I was um, chatting with a gal on I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was Monday night or Tuesday night. They kind of all run together. But I went downstairs, and this lady come up to me. She was from Menominee, and she has four, or stage 4 cancer. And she came because somebody invited her to come. And she was sharing with me how she really had kind of given up on things, and she was just very angry and just very bitter and just, you know, whatever, and just... What, you know, just all these things. And she said she got into the baptismal tank. And she said very, very much like um, kind of mad. Like they told her to bring a change of clothes. And she's like, I don't know why I'm bringing a change of clothes because I'm not going to get baptized. And as Todd was speaking, he was sharing a testimony of somebody that um, had some ho horrible things done to, done to him. And he also had cancer. And they told him, they said, maybe your healing is in your forgiveness. And anyway, so they baptized him. He forgave, blah, blah, blah. They baptized him. He came up. And then I forget, I forget all of the details, but then he was healed. And I think he had cancer also, and he was healed. So she said that that spoke to her, so she changed her clothes. And... She said, when I got into the tank, and she said, completely a skeptical, and she sat down, it was like she felt something from her chest, like, leave. She had this heaviness that just left. As she got in the tank, she was, she was sharing all of the, the, the things that were going on, and she forgave and released, and she felt that thing leave. And so that's what those things are about, right? Isn't that good? So... Um, let's turn to Psalm 27, verse 4. I'm going to read it out of, out of the Amplified Bible. It says, The one thing that I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek and inquire for, and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all of the days of my life, to behold and to gaze upon the beauty, upon the, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. Todd was talking about, he said, there was pathways to revival. 
not a formula, but a pathway. And I love that. There is no formula. And what revival is to me, I'm not against tents being set up in parking lots or whatever, and you, you do meetings. Not opposed to that. Revival meetings. I think they're great. I'm not against any of those things, but I'm just sharing with you what my opinion, what my definition of revival is. When you say the word revive, that means you actually, that means something's dead. If you're reviving something, that means that something is not alive. Something is not breathing, right? So for me, we're talking, you know, you hear everybody talking about the, the billion so harvest. You know, it's like the, we're coming in the billion so harvest, you can get all these salvations and all of that. And I believe, I believe that. My personal opinion, and I'm going to make that clear, it's up me. It's I believe <laughs> that we're going to see it when the church is revived. I believe that evangelism is great. I believe that street witnessing is good. I believe all of that is great. But I believe that we will see people saved and born again. Actually, I believe that they will come to us when the church is revived, which is why it's so important that we understand that we need revival. When I am revived, when, when we come into this passion and this, we've, we've fallen asleep, it's like we know the word, but we don't do the word. We read the word, we do our duty, we check off our list, you know, oh, I spent time, I, I spent time with God today, check, and then we walk out of our house and we think like the world, and we act like the world, and we just like conform to the world, and then we go back home, and then the next morning we get up and we we do our devotions and we read, you guys, right? I'm guilty. But there's a reviving, we're talking about revival, and it's the first, he said the three things, the pathway to revival, this is, it's not, it's not an event. Revival is not an event. It's not something that we put on the calendar and we say, hey, we're going to go to, re revival is something that happens to us. Revival is, is something that happens inside of us. Revival is something that it's like the breath of God comes and he breathes on us and it brings us alive again and we go, what have we been doing? And it puts this thing inside of us and we become like, we become like something. We become, we become like we are going to do this. It's, it's something that happens on the inside of us and it wakes us up and it brings us back to life again. Amen. That was that, for me, that was that whole Ezekiel 37. That is revival. God takes Ezekiel and he shows them this valley full of dry bones, full of bones, no flesh, no life, no nothing. And he says, can these bones live? And he said, only you know, God. But it's, there's a revival that's something that happens. It's not an event. I think that we will have events. I think that like when we get people that come and they do, they speak things in us. But revival, what God wants to do to the church is he wants to do something in us. And not something that comes and goes. 
but something that is sustained. Do you know who sustains it? You do. Right? Say, I do. I do. Okay. Seek his face. So he said three things. To seek, number one is seek his face. Psalm 27.4, we should get that like tattooed. I think I'm going to just get it all over. Do you know that Joyce Meyer is 80 years old and she got her first tattoo? Bob's like, I'm like, I still have like 30 years to do that. Anyways, sorry, sidetrack. Verse 8, listen to verse 8, Psalm 27, verse 8. You have said, seek my face, inquire for, require my presence as your vital need. We need his face. When they talk about his face, they're talking about his presence, his glory. We need his glory. We need his face. We need him. Seek his face. You have said, seek my face, inquire for and require my presence as your vital need. And my heart says to you, Lord, your face, your presence is what I want, is what I seek, it's what I need. It's necessary. Amen? Number two, he said to ask for his glory. I was one time I was asking, I was just praying and I was asking God. I was just kind of like, Lord, I don't, I don't see that. He's like, you're not asking for it. That word, when it says in, in Matthew 7 where it says to ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. It's a continual verb. So it's not like I just ask God and then go about my business. It's asking. It says ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. I was listening to a preacher one time, and he was mocking. He was mocking seeking. It's like, what do you got to seek God for? God's inside of you. And he was, he was mocking. He was calling on people and saying, Define seek. And he was like mocking it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The Bible is full of seeking. It's not that God is lost. It's that we need to find him. Right? We need to be aware that he's there. It's seeking and asking and continuing and pushing through. It's persistence. Amen? It's persistence. That is where I lack. I'm kind of like, okay, you know. But he's teaching me, Shar, press in, push in. How bad do you want it? How bad do we want to be revived? Are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to pay the cost? There is a cost. We have, we have prayer on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. And there's three of us that come. That needs to change. We have prayer on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. So we have Monday, Tuesday. Remember this last week we had Monday the meeting, Tuesday the meeting. Wednesday we had prayer at 9 a.m. We had 25 show up. 25. The power of God was so tangible. There was a residue that was left here. Everybody, not everybody, but most everybody was on their face. And there was just this heavy weight. So starting the first Monday in February, say the first Monday in February, 
and every Monday after that, till death do us part, that means till we're dead, or you're dead, or I'm dead, or we're dead, the church blows up, or we go home to be with Jesus, every Monday from 5.30 to 6.30, we're going to have, a, not a.m., p.m., not a.m., p.m., 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., we're going to have prayer here on Monday nights, every Monday night. Todd said this. He said, you do it for one hour. Do it for an hour. If God shows up and blows things up, that's fine. But one hour, 530 to 6.30, Monday nights here. We want to see him come. Who is this king of glory? We haven't even scratched the surface of who he is. But I believe that as we come together and as we, we come in prayer together and we seek his face and we do, the, some of the videos that he showed were like, it messed me up. They had kids. Listen, prayer is not just for adults. They had, he showed videos at his church of the kids on their face. These are like five and six-year-olds on their face praying for the face of God, praying, asking for his glory to fall. You think kids can pray? Yes. Where are they going to learn to pray? Watching us do it. Bringing them to prayer. Right? Teaching and training them. That's good. Number two, ask for his glory. John 2.11. It says this. This... The first of his signs, his miracles and wonder works, Jesus performed in Galilee, Canaan of Galilee, and manifested his glory. By it he displayed his greatness and his power openly, and his disciples believed in him and trusted in him. God wants to reveal his glory so that people will believe. He turned water into wine. This is John, where he, he turned the water into wine. His glory isn't, doesn't just come for us. It comes so that people will see and people will believe. Amen? We want to see his glory. Do you? And number three, this is, this is a really good one. Pray anything, pray this. Anything that grieves the Holy Spirit in me to be exposed. Anything in me that grieves the heart of God. I ask the Holy Spirit, I give the Holy Spirit permission to expose it in my heart. You want a scripture for that? I'll give you one. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, and point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's the life of repentance. Say repentance. Repentance is the life of the believer. It's the way of the believer. Amen? We don't just repent once that we get born again, which is what we do to get born again, but repentance really, it means this. You want to hear what it means? Repentance means this. It says, to rearrange your entire way of thinking 
feeling, and being in order to forsake that which is wrong. You can smile at me on that one. Right? Repentance is something, anything in me that is offensive to God. You know there's things in you that could be offensive to God. Right? doesn't mean that he, it has nothing to do with his love, has nothing to do with his goodness, has nothing to do with that. What it does is the things that we're seeking, we're seeking his face, we're seeking his glory. If there's something in me that keeps him from me, right? Sin separates us from God. It separates us. It, it gives, when we do that, it gives him permission to remove those things, to point out those things. Is, has God done that to anybody like put his finger on something where he's just like, you know that attitude of yours or your mouth really gets in the way? Has he ever done that? That's the goodness of God. He's like, hey, there's so much more for you. This is not what, you, what you're designed to be, right? So he speaks to us. We give him permission so that he can speak to us so that anything in us that offends him, we can change. Isn't that beautiful? He's so good. I love that. God is looking for those who are coming after him with everything we have. And I believe that we are in a season of that. I'll have Amy go to the keys because i got five more minutes. I'm a woman of my word. A revival is to awaken the bride from a state of hopelessness, a state of indifference, kind of like waking up a sleeping giant. And I believe that in 2024, we are going to see that happen because it really is up to us. It's the heart of God to revive us. It's his heart to bring us back to life. It's his heart to wake us up. I love Isaiah 60. You guys turn there with me. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Isaiah 60, verse 1. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Arise from the depression and prostration in which your circumstances have kept you in. That is so important for us to see and to read. Sometimes we become familiar with these scriptures because we hear them a lot. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But when, you, when we stop and look at it, Isaiah is saying, he's saying this to the church. This is you and me arise from that place that your circumstances some the saying this that your circumstances can get you in a pit your circumstances can get you into a place of depression can get you in a, and he's saying this he's saying arise come out of that some translations say wake up some translations say get out of bed I like that one. Get out of bed. That's a teenager. Get out of bed. Arise. It's changing positions. I like to say it this way. Revive from that place that your, that your circumstances have gotten you in. Or revive yourself. Holy Spirit, come revive me. Restore me. Breathe. Remember in Ezekiel 37? You guys should read Ezekiel 37. And when you're reading that, put yourself in that situation. Ezekiel prophesied to those bones. Say prophesy. 
Becky was talking about the declaration and how we say the declaration. Jobs and there's, when we understand that there's power in your words, uh, many of you here and watching online have prophesied things over your life and you're actually eating the fruit of that. Well, I'm never going to. Well, that's never going to happen to me. Well, life just stinks and nothing ever good happens for me. Well, I'm never going to get anything good because, you know, that's just the way life is. I just might as well just eat worms and roll over in the dirt. How many say that? I'm losing my mind. I can't remember anything. I can't. I just can't remember a thing. I'm getting old. My body's falling apart. Anybody ever say any of those things? Stop it. Seriously. The word of God, we, it says, it says, to arise from the, from the depression that your circumstances have left you in, sometimes the depression comes from your own mouth. Our depression and oppression comes from things that we speak over our life. We want this, we, we want the church to be revived. We want to be revived. I want to be revived. I don't want to just be revived and then not be revived and then be revived. I want to be revived and sustain it. And how I sustain it and how we're going to sustain it is on our face, seeking His face. That's going to sustain us. But we got to do the work and start prophesying over ourselves what the Word of God says. He says that I will provide for you. Not only will I provide for you, but it's not going to be according to your works, but according to my riches in heaven. Right? We've been prophesying jobs and better jobs. That's what declarations are. Prophesying over yourself. Jobs and better jobs. Open heavens. Why do we not believe we're going to see it when we say it, right? There's something that's happening. But sometimes I wonder if we don't see it because we are the problem. What we're saying, what we're thinking, what we're perceiving, perception, right, Michael? Perception. How many love the cold weather? 59 days until spring. See? Okay, see what I just did. Perspective. When I think about spring, and I think 59 days until spring, the days are getting longer. The days are getting longer so it doesn't get dark at 4 o'clock. Now it's like, Five, and it's pretty soon going to be 5.15. See, I can talk about the cold and become miserable and become cranky and become crabby, or I can shift my perspective and I can say spring is right around the corner. Like we are about to mow grass, baby. Like we are about to get our mowers out and we are about to get the oil changed. We, listen, it is perspective. So if you want to see a move of God and if you want to see revival, if you want to see things, you're going to have to pay a price. We're going to have to do the work. We're going to have to show up here 
either Monday nights, Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning. We can open up another time too. But we want to see God show up, not just for us. And the really cool thing is this, is it's not a particular church. There's no church name in there. It's the church. Say the church. The church, the bride of Christ, that's whoever so will. Whoever wants it can have it. Isn't that beautiful? If you're willing to put in the work. Well, work, that's not, that's not in the Bible. It is. Read James. Faith without your works is dead. How do you revive your faith? Put work to it. Just waiting on God. I'm just going to wait. God's going to just do what he's going to do. Yep, he's just going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to do what he's going to do. He already did it. And he's like, I'm waiting on you to partner with me, actually pick it up and do something with it. Get on your face, get on your knees, and pray until something happens. Push through. Can you imagine us women who have kids, who have babies, and you're pushing a baby out and it hurts and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore and just get off the table and leave. <laughs> no, I don't want to do this anymore. It hurts. So I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> there would be no babies. It's, you can't. You can't. It's like you, you can't. You can't say no. Right? We have the ability to push through. It's called dying to flesh. It's called being led by the Spirit. It's called flesh, die, Spirit, come alive. Come alive, Spirit, right? Start talking to yourself. Start prophesying to yourself, right? We are going to see the most amazing move of God that we've never, ever seen before the church because the church has never been where she's at right now. And I believe it's going to be in 2024 because of what's going to happen in 2024. Don't even get me started there. I've said it once and I'm going to say it again. 2024 has a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Right? Do I have to say what it is? Okay. I'm not going to. You need to be informed church we need to be informed but do not give it your affection that thing should never have your affection we should not talk about a presidential candidate more than we talk about the living God the God of the universe who doesn't matter who is in office is going to do what he's going to do no matter what we give it our attention but we do not give it our affection absolutely not he deserves all of our affection. Amen? Seek Him first and then everything else. Amen? We pray like crazy and we do that 100%. But do not let it become something that gets you. I saw that a lot. Please, why don't you guys stand up? I'll preach the rest of this next time. You guys come to this writer's class, if any of you are writers. 29th of January, 
Amen. God is good, isn't he? How many really, honestly, you don't want a revival. You want revival. You want to be revived. You want to walk around and people go, what has happened to you? What is that? What is it in you? I need that. I want that. That, it's a rise and shine because his glory is on you. The glory of God is on you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. I think the more that we become aware of that, the more we're going to just come alive. But I believe that as we seek his face, Todd hit it on the head. It's not praying for anything. He said he called his church. He was ready to quit it. He, was, he re actually resigned his church, and he was all done. Somebody called him and said, Todd, don't resign. He withdrew his resignation. He called his church to a 21-day fast, and he said, we're not going to ask God for anything. We're going to come and seek his face. For 21 days, that's all they did. That's when he had the vision of the, you got to listen to his story to what all, all that. But something happened. And I believe that something can happen to us. And it starts with an individual. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us saying, I'm willing to pay the price. Amen? Amen. Well, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for tonight, Holy Spirit. We thank you for coming. We thank you for your presence here, God. God, we want to honor your presence. We want to honor you, King of glory. May we never lose our wonder of who you are. And we ask, God, that you would come in all of your glory, that you would come like you said you would. That you would come like you said you would. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.